We are here today to meditate on something that comes up a lot with my conversations with creatives, and that is perfectionism. I am constantly looking for ways to let go of perfectionism, but there are also some benefits to having high standards. And this is something that I am constantly oscillating between having these high standards for myself and others and letting go of the desire for everything to be perfect because, of course, that's impossible. (laughs) And it's actually come up a lot this week for me because I'm getting two of my students ready for a recital this Sunday, and they're doing such a good job. I mean, they've been working so hard. One of them's playing Chopin's Nocturne in C-sharp minor that was published posthumously, and the other one is playing She's Always a Woman by Billy Joel. And in every single lesson, they'll get done playing the piece for me and they kind of grumble because they've made a few mistakes. Maybe it's not perfect. And I sit there as the teacher and I say, it's not about being perfect. It's not about playing all the right notes. It's about the expression. It's about the musical ideas and journey that you're leading the audience in. And it's really about the emotion at the core of what you're playing. It has nothing to do with if you play all the right notes, actually. If if something is powerful, if a music performance is powerful, it doesn't have to do with playing the right notes. And I sit there and I tell them this and they nod and yeah, okay, okay, that's really hard though. It's hard to let go of wanting it to be perfect. And I say, I know I have the same exact issue. I am constantly battling that desire for everything to be perfect. But I say, try to let go of your mistakes and just continue on performing. Stay in the music, stay in the flow state. And then they try the song again. And usually it's better after that. Here's the thing though. When they leave, they're, they're done with their lesson. I finished teaching them. They leave. And I start practicing. I do the exact same thing that they do. I will play something through. And then I'll be really frustrated that it's not perfect. And I just, I find this relationship between me as a teacher for my students being this wise-ish force that is guiding them to be thinking about the substance of the music rather than the structure. Because at this point, they know the structure so well. They're not worried about the structure anymore. It's really just the substance, like what atmospheres, what colors are they creating? And then on the flip side, me talking to myself while I'm practicing my own music and doing the exact opposite. I just think it's really interesting how it's easy to fall into the trap of talking to ourselves in a way that berates us and makes us feel ashamed versus when we're talking to other people like our students, we talk in a way that actually supports them and helps them gain confidence over what they're doing. So the interesting thing that's happening this week specifically is that I am preparing for a show that I'm playing on Friday while I'm getting my students ready for their recital that's happening on Sunday. So usually my perfectionism is a little more dormant. I mean, okay, that's a lie. It's never dormant, let's just be real. But it's a little bit more kind of chill when I'm not preparing for a performance. But because I've been preparing for this performance of all female songwriters that I'm doing on Friday, 
my perfectionism has been rearing its head a lot, not only in my own practice, but also in rehearsals with my band. Just relying on other people to learn the music has been really challenging for my perfectionism. (laughs) And all of that is wrapped up in my head and I'm dealing with all of that. And then I come into my lessons with my students and all of that is also in their heads because they're getting ready for this recital. And it's just fascinating how in my body, when I'm with my students, I deeply know that it's not about being perfect and it's all about the musical expression. That is something I deeply know when I'm with my students because I'm caring for them. But when I'm with myself alone, I'm not generally able to give that same care to myself. I think that's what's so fascinating about about this experience this week that I'm having. And just like the direct contrast between how I talk to my students and how I talk to myself, I think has been really fascinating. And perfectionism is something that comes up with almost every single creative that I talk to on the process because we want our work to be great. We're not just here. I mean, see, this is the tough thing too, because we are here to just create even if it's not great. But if we're doing a performance or an art show or something like that, We want it to be great. We don't want to just kind of half-ass something or make the audience feel just meh. We want to connect with the audience. We want it to be powerful. We want it to be free in a certain way. And in order for it to be free, you got to have some level of perfectionism hanging out with you while you're practicing. But I guess my main question is, how do we utilize our perfectionism And maybe we could even use a different word. How do we utilize our desire for our work to be great while not being flattened by it and not being oppressed by it? Because often this week I have felt very oppressed by my perfectionism. It just kind of hangs over me and makes me feel ashamed for even trying. And I think that is the point where it's gone too far. So I'm grappling with a few different things. One, how do I care for myself as if I would care for one of my piano students? And then the second thing is, how do I get in touch with my super high standards without feeling shame? There's a few quotes that I've been finding really helpful as I've been thinking about this. And the first one, actually, I just this morning listened to an interview with Ruth Reichel, and she said that you can waste your whole life searching for perfection. And I really liked that. I think that's so smart because, of course, perfection is actually impossible. Like, the reason that we're so mad that we can't be perfect is because we're human. Like, we're mad about being human. It's so silly. But that's what we're mad about, we meaning me. Um, But being human is what's so beautiful about things like music and art. So anyway, I liked that quote from Ruth Reichel, You could waste your whole life searching for perfection. I think that's something to chew on for sure. The other thinker that I've been really like diving deeply into this this week is I've been rereading I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. And holy shit, this book. I mean, I think the last time I read it, I was in high school and I really didn't understand it to the extent that I do now. And it's just, I mean, it's just an amazing piece of art. And that inspired me to look up 
does she have any thoughts about perfectionism? Like, please teach me your ways, Maya. And she did. She has this really amazing quote. She says, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. I just think that's so beautiful and helpful because do the best you can until you know better. That's admitting that we don't know everything, that we're not perfect, that we have limits, and we can't do better until we know better. And I think that's so beautiful how she centers learning in that way and basically takes control away from us in the moment. Do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. It's just, it's like acknowledging our limits, but also moving forward. And I think that's kind of the way forward with this perfectionism thing. But, oh my gosh, it's so hard. You know what I'm also terrified of is putting out work that other people can criticize. I'm so scared of criticism, which is funny because, like, whenever we put out work, we're opening ourselves up to criticism. Like, it's we're putting out something publicly, and it always can be criticized And so I think that's a whole other kind of shadowy side of perfectionism is like really the fear of being seen as bad by other people. And I'm kind of like avoiding that by being seen as bad by myself, you know, by seeing myself as bad to avoid being seen as bad by other people. Perfectionism is kind of like a defense mechanism in that way. So one other really great thinker that I've been entwined with for a while is Yursa Daly Ward. She wrote the book, The How, Notes on the Great Work of Meeting Yourself, and she wrote this amazing book called Bone, and hopefully at some point I'll have her on the process. But for now, I'll just quote her. So she has a quote that says, wherever you are, start from there. So wherever you are, start from there. That's pretty much it, you know? That pretty much answers all my questions that I've asked (laughs) just now. Um, But I think it's worth just saying that over and over again to myself, and maybe this will help you too. Wherever you are, start from there. You can't start from anywhere else. You can't jump ahead. There's no ahead. There's no behind. Wherever you are, that's where you're starting, and that's okay, and that's enough. So there's this guy named Kenny Warner. And he wrote this book called Effortless Mastery. And I would highly recommend this book for any creative because what he talks about is how consistency and tiny little steps towards your goal is what matters. And that's how you achieve mastery at something, at your craft. So he says, nothing is so inhibiting as needing to write something brilliant. Nothing is so inhibiting. And why is it inhibiting? Because it's impossible to write perfect stuff, right? When I talked to Nika, the chef, he said, let's just create some shitty stuff and then eventually we'll create good stuff, right? When I talked to Zahaya, she said, my creative process isn't about creating like these perfect performances. It's actually about just living my life as a creative, like styling a wig. That's a creative process. Like that doesn't have to be perfect. That's just something that feels good. The other thing that I really love that Kenny Warner says is the easiest way to do art is to dispense with success and failure altogether and just get on with it. 
So these are all some things that have been floating around my brain to start grappling with this perfectionism thing. And also, I, of course, talk to all of the creatives that I talk to on the process about perfectionism, and they all have a really, really helpful perspective on it. Like I remember Rivka talking about how with her kids, there's no way that she can expect to have a quote unquote perfect day with her kids because you can't control what they do at all. You know, they're just, they're their own beings. They're, they're just doing their thing. They're, they're acting by instinct. And she said that she has to give herself and them a lot of grace. There has to be apologies. And there also has to be this level of whatever will be, will be in her brain and her body as she goes throughout her day. And Jacqueline Sanchez, who I just talked to, and I just released that episode for you guys, she had a really interesting view of perfectionism. She says that her mental illness has actually really helped her with letting go of perfectionism, letting go of caring about how other people see her, and all that all that good stuff. So I'm going to leave you with a few questions. And these mini episodes are less so me giving answers and more me asking questions. And maybe maybe you have the same questions and maybe it will help you kind of reflect on your own experience with perfectionism and how you might want to grow in your relationship with perfectionism and maybe learn from it a little bit. So here are the questions. How do you talk to yourself when you're working on something creative? How would you talk to a student or a child who is working on something creative? And how could you potentially talk to yourself more like you would talk to a student or a child? What are you really searching for when your perfectionism comes up? What's really important to you when you're creating some work or project? What do you want people to feel from it? And the last question is, what's one thing that you can do today that's super easy, doesn't take much time at all, and has nothing to do with creating good work? It's just something creative. For me, this looks like turning on a really loud song, putting in my AirPods, and dancing around like a crazy person in my studio by myself. So this could be anything that is creative. It's moving energy around, but it's really, really simple. And it has nothing to do with putting out anything good into the world. Okay, y'all, we just went on an interesting journey. This is going to be interesting to edit. It was nice having this communal experience with you just now, and I will be putting up this video on Patreon for my patrons, so if you're interested in becoming a patron, you can click on the link in the show notes, or you can go to patreon.com slash siennafacholo, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash s-i-e-n-a-f-a-c-c-i-o-l-o. So... Actually, the interview with Jackie Boom was the end of season one for the process, and I'm recording lots of new interviews for you, and i just going to take a couple months to kind of reorient my brain on what I'm doing with the process and make sure I'm putting out the best possible conversations that I can for you all. In order to do that, I'm going to be ending this season one 
and starting season two in a couple months. So stay tuned for that. Feel free to follow the process on Instagram. It's at the process with Sienna. And I'll keep updating that so you can be in the know about what's going on. All right. Thanks for listening. Sending hugs. The process is presented in partnership with Rochester Groovecast. This podcast is edited by Jessica Liu and Sienna Facciolo, produced by Sienna Facciolo. Our theme music is written and performed by Sienna Facciolo, Chris Palace, and Jordan Rabinowitz, featuring Sally Louise on guitar, mixed by Chris Palace, mastered by Jet Galindo.